Yo, 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 good morning, man. Welcome back, y'all. You tuned back into the Unplugged Mike show, bringing you the best content on the continent. Please don't steal the slogan. I have it copyrighted. Welcome back, man. Blessed to be here. Hope you guys are having a great start of the week. Last episode really got some antennas up, got some conversations going. So I want to continue some of that stuff, some of that content. And uh, with that, Number one losers. Number one losers. That's how I felt over this weekend. That's how I feel now. Number one losers. And I feel that society has made us the biggest winners at being losers. Remember I said that last week about uh, fathers who don't act or are fathers to their sons? We create the biggest winners at being losers. But that's society as a whole. Society has made us the biggest winners at being losers. Losers because we don't cherish life until we are detested by death. That's how I feel, man. Nobody cares about life um, until death itself detests that you're still living. And just as a as a country, right? Just as a country, we've idolized being number one so religiously. We've become immortalized by materializing our very souls, and to chop that down for you, as a country, we've idolized being number one. Being number one is the goal. No matter what you're doing, where you're at, who you're around, if you're not number one, you don't even matter. Ricky Bobby, right? If you're not first, you're last. You know, it's truth in every joke. We teach that. We preach that so religiously, right, that now we've immortalized materialism. (laughs) It's crazy, man. You'll see people with every top-of-the-line name, brand, piece of fabric on their body. I, I mean, whole drip, whole outfit costs $5,000, and so ain't worth one cent. Let me tell you this, yo. When God is our number one, we have to be number two. And when God is not our number one, everything else, people or problems, they replace that slot. How many people you hear t- telling you every day at work, I hate being here. I don't like the people here. I don't like the food. I don't like the uniform. I don't like getting here. I don't like waking up, coming back here. You didn't told me 15 things about how you pretty much don't appreciate your blessings. So first of all, in order for you to get here in uniform, you have somewhere to wash your clothes. For you to get here, you have a means to get to work. And overall, you have a job. <laughs> you know, I don't like my car. It's, man, I could go on and on about that, man. But when God not your number one, something's going to replace that. Your problems will replace that. People will replace that. We got folks out here that will chase people. They will try to be people more than they will even try to be themselves. I don't know if they're conscious about it or not. That's just the reality. As a man. 
And Father, when do I ever become number one? Does my wife and does my children not always come before me? And I know some people will be like, well, you need to make sure you got time for yourself. And some may even say nothing comes before you. I equally try to understand everyone's perspective. It's the only way you grow. But don't confuse what I'm saying with you don't need self-care. You don't need time to yourself. Or sometimes you need to put yourself first. I'm not saying that at all. This, I'm, I'm, I'm solely asking questions for us all to just think. That's all. Let's think today a little bit more versus react. How about choosing you before you, though? I just thought of that. How often do we have to choose us over us? Choosing what you need over what you want. That's the biggest game we play ourselves at. Or the biggest games we play with within ourselves is knowing what you need to do, but you ain't doing it. We're talking about being a number one loser. How how crazy is it that sometimes a number one loser is the wrong version of yourself you picked? <laughs> the wrong you you picked that day. Because at the end of the day, it's only you versus you. The greatest story ever told that was never told was the Last Supper. Jesus didn't eat, he served. How many of us knowingly can assume, right, that tomorrow we're most likely going to be alive? And let's not be pessimistic. When your day comes, your day comes. But if you're in pretty decent shape and you're doing the right thing, yeah, pretty much know tomorrow you're going to be here. We, you know, like when you go to sleep, you have a huge level of intuition. I'm, I'm going to be here tomorrow. How many of us have that thought and we still feed ourselves before we serve others? So just imagine how many of us definitely would eat and not serve if we knew that tonight was our last night to live. Back to the Last Supper. The greatest message in that Last Supper was Jesus Christ served people before he served himself. Number one losers, when you put yourself first. Biggest problem I see today. Anyway, let's turn it up. New week, new goals. Some are completing goals. Some are starting new goals. You'll reset, refresh, replenish, reemerge, renew. Above all things, redefine. We got to redefine. We have to redefine what they said the definition of us is. It brings me back to my last show, man. <laughs> the hood versus the suburbs. Y'all guys call me, text me, DM me, message me. The hood versus the suburbs goes far beyond the realm of athletics. Walk with me. Can the suburbs shoot better than the hood? It's a very simple question. Can the hood dribble better than the suburbs? These are these are very simple questions. I don't, it's no reason to get abstract here, y'all. But uh, allow me to give you my perspective on this. And we all know how I view things, and we all know that my optics are uniquely different. I purposely try to debunk cliches, reauthor narratives, truly strategize to unstigmatize. 
why do I think the suburbs shoot better than the hood? Well, one, they don't have double and triple rims outside they play on. <laughs> two, they probably have a, a personal portable court outside their house in their driveway. They use all their lives. Three, the game is taught. It's organized at a way younger age because of the communities and the functions that they're in. In the world of suburbia, right? They got access to gyms, rec leagues, church leagues, travel teams. So that plays a huge part in why they are more fundamentally sound. And to shoot a basketball really well, you have to be fundamentally sound for the most part. Unless you're Peja Stajakovic or, you know, Dead Left Shrimp. I don't know, but you see my point. Now the hood. The hood having the worst kind of rims ever to play on outside. The game not being taught to us because of the lack of resources from the recreational leagues to no travel teams. I mean, today's different with AAU, but AAU was not a big thing when we was growing up, right? I mean, the Powell League was, but how organized and how much game was being taught in a Powell League? It was more so like aftercare or daycare. Let's let's be real here, y'all. Um, this AAU thing is a new new thing. Um. Yo, our courts outside were crates, hangers, tires, definitely trash cans. You know how many people had a jump shot on a trash can that was butter and couldn't throw a fish in the ocean from the yacht once you got them to a real basketball court or a gym? I need y'all to really think about that for a second, man. Like, come on. It was literally one portable court, like, per neighborhood. And I was usually on a corner, usually from some of the dealers who bought it, gambled on it. But like for one person to have one, slim to none chance. And then even if they had it, it was not going to be no all day, all night practicing. Somebody, aunt, somebody, grandma was coming outside and snapping on us past seven o'clock. That's just real. Hell, it was my own mom. Stop dribbling that damn basketball before I dribble you. <laughs> um, Yeah, so that one was there until maybe it was stolen or broke, and then it was not replaced. You being the toughest almost assured you being the best. That's what, that's what it was in the hood. Who's the toughest? Like, who's willing to fight for everything? That's what made you the best, not no jump shot. Thinking about this, is it's the county versus the bounty. The county versus the bounty. Now, I have no idea how the county is being raised, you know, there. I have a small window of, of, of understanding, and that's on the outside looking in. I say the bounty because at, at one point or another, whether you were innocent, guilty, we all were hunted. We we all seemed on a run. I had to just bring it together, the county versus the bounty. Even though it sounds cute, I had to really bring that together for y'all. I truly believe with the communities being um, the type of environment it was, we were forced to be creatives. We were forced to be creatives in the hood. You really had no other choice but to be such an extreme dreamer. Like, we had to dream so large and wide, it had to be unrealistic. You know what I'm saying? 
almost to the point where teachers and parents would say, be realistic. Come on. Jason Tatum just told that story, actually. Hence, man, you know, we all try to get to the league and it's a 1% chance of going and we still fight to be that 1%. The life that we're forced to live in the hood, the bounding, it it literally forces you to be an artist. You're an artist by nature growing up in the hood. Think of the images of the pains and the trauma, right? We're all able to capture. We're able to capture the world's lens from the pains and traumas that we become that image. You think of the hood and the image you see is pain and trauma. And, you know, through that world lens, you see the fashion, the music, the words. You see the every culture that drives America. I mean, the hood is art. The hood is art. (laughs) So we dribble and we move in such a fashion that we're not dribbling at all, but we're painting. And every chance we get to create the masterpiece with our hands, it looks like the 13th chapel. Pick it up. The county versus the bounty, man. The hood is art. The hood literally is art. I never thought about it like that. But think about it like this. Why is it so easy to gentrify the communities? Right? When they gentrify these communities, they're not coming in with the bulldozers blowing the blocks up. They're not blowing everything down to the dust, rebuilding it. For the most part, they're getting remodels. <laughs> they are re- remodeling the homes. That's all they're doing, for the most part. Throwing some nice bricks up there with some nice-looking uh, numbers. It's actually a look. like <laughs> It's a particular look they put in the hood, and you'd be like, oh, they- here comes the gentrification. Unlike the last episode. I, this episode was about a refresher from last episode. And like I said last episode, we have to gentrify our minds. We have to remodel our thinking patterns. We have to rebuild our mental spaces. We have to tear down and get rid of the poverty that lives in our brains. Going to the NBA, NFL, Universal, Def Jam, becoming a rapper, singer, dancer, athlete. That don't make you number one. That does not make you number one. You making it out the hood doesn't make you a winner. You making the hood out of you makes you the winner. The hood will be there forever. And so will your legacy and your name. You see? So even if you do become number one, the goal is for the next generation to pass you. So you'll ultimately be number two anyway. Philly, we had another rough weekend with gun violence. That's pretty much why I have this this temperature today. Just sickened by the, you know, ongoing things. And, you know, between Philly having a rough weekend, the world having a rough couple of days, I see the United States and South Korea are having, you know, missile attacks with North Korea. We continue to only have peace at war. When at being the biggest gangster truly is losing at being a human. I'm in my bag. I'm 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 definitely in my bag today, I know. It's just tough to see the things that's going on and it seems like nobody cares. Somebody got to tell the truth. That's my mother always told me, rest in peace to the queen. Guard, somebody got to tell the truth. Why not you? 
strangely enough, we did have some out of this world superficial energy that made us all come together. Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn all aligned in order. So take this with y'all. Change your frequency and you will realign your space. If planets can come together naturally and get in line, nobody first, nobody last, but just together, we as humans should naturally be able to do the same thing. Until then, I guess it's a race to the world and the dominance to see who will be the number one loser. Love is love. Love is life. Unplug Mike.